Tov. Today's daf is Mem, but we are in Lamed Tadamud Bet, so we got to pick up the pace. So we're at the top of Lamed Tadamud Bet, and the issue was here about dividing the sense of the monetary of the uh, of the uh, monetary ownership of the slave, the property ownership of the slave, from the master-slave relationship. Um, and we said we had an interesting issue, which is when a gear, a convert, dies and he has no heirs um, to inherit, because uh, you know if he was a natural-born Jew, then every, then every Jew is, is somehow part of the family. But if somebody converts, then his biological family is not a family, and his, uh, if he has no children, he has no heirs, so all of his property becomes ownerless. So what happens to the slaves? So the Tanakhama says, well, the slaves become free. They take possession of themselves. And any personal status issues are irrelevant because there's nobody, no master around who's left to have to give them a star shikhor. Whereas Abishol says that, um, that that's true about the adult slaves, but the minor slaves are not able to take possession of property, so they remain free to be possessed by others. Okay, so the Gemara says, the bottom of Lama Tadamad Aleph, Amr Rabbi Yosha ben Levi, Allah Chagabashal, Amr Rabbi Yaakov, Ba'idi, Baseo Shmilcha, Amichlala Shmilcha. When you heard that teaching that we rule like Abashal from Rabbi Yosha ben Levi, did you hear him say it explicitly or was it inferred? So the Gemara says, So the Gemara says, Michlala, where would you have inferred it from? So, and you know, and then maybe we can also question whether it would have been a good inference. The Amr Rabbi Yosha ben Levi, because here's a teaching of Rabbi Yosha ben Levi in general. They said in front of Rebbe, If somebody says, I give up hope of ever finding my slave, let's say he ran away, or let's say just as a way of saying, I, 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 I uh, disclaim ownership over my slave. So another way of sort of being mafia the slave, so you lose property ownership over him. Okay, then that's going to still be the status about, the question about what about his personal status? Is that going to re- require a get? So, Mahu, what's the halacha? He said to them, Omani in lotakana el he doesn't have any way to fix this, this, this situation except with a star, a star shikhur. So, um, meaning he still, he A is, nobody can cl- make, lay claim to his labor. He owns himself. He can go ahead and work for himself. On the other hand, he himself cannot go ahead and marry a, um, a Jew or a non-Jew uh, because he's in this middle situation, right? He's sort of part, he's, he's not slave, he's not free man. His personal status hasn't changed yet. He needs a star. Actually, that's a debate of Rashi and Tosos. Tosa says he's fully a slave. He's fully a slave in terms of personal status. Again, he owns his own labor. Nobody can tell him what to do. But his personal status is 100% slave, and therefore he can continue to be married to a non-Jewish woman. Uh, not to a non-Jewish to a, uh, to a slave, a slave woman. Um, Rashi says he's in this in-between status, and he can't be married to either. Okay, but his status has not yet been resolved. So that, he still needs a star. Okay, so that's his position, which is a position we've been seeing. Okay? Vamar Rabbi Yochanan, and said Rabbi Yochanan, my time at Rabbi, what's the reason? of Rebbe. Gamar lala meisha. So it's very nice the Gemara sort of explores this idea, right? Because it's telling that it's still this personal status issue that's going on here, even though he's no longer owned. So just like a woman. So ma'isha so there's a puzzle that says ma'isha the cost of law safer kritut, the writing of the get to, to make her, to divorce her, and it says by a uh, by a female slave the freedom has not been given to her. So it connects the two, the female slave and the woman, in exactly a context of them getting of them being like changing their personal status gaining their freedom uh, if you want so so the same way a woman is, her personal status is changed through a document through a get a slave also personal status needs to be changed through the giving of a document
the Kadaikim. So that is, that's like the teaching of Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi. Now, what does that say about Abashol? Okay, that's the saying that even after you don't own your slave's property, you have to give him a star. What does that tell you about Abashol? Because maybe here's what you inferred from it. This is Michlola. The Kadaikas Mina, and you inferred from this, Kiisha, just like a woman. My Isha, Asura Velomamona, the same way a woman only has the issue of personal status and not is not owned as property. So, of Evanami Isurvalomamona. So, a slave too, personal status and not property. Meaning what? That the idea when this Yer dies, right, he no longer owns them as property. Hold on, let me just check Raji because I. Um Yeah, it's a very strange inference because this is not talking about the Abishol scenario at all. But the way the Gemara is understanding it is the following. The same way this idea is when the property, there's no longer any property issue, there's just a personal status issue. That's the whole scenario that he's talking about, that you need to give him a get, but he's no longer owned as property. And that's exactly like a woman, right, who is not owned as property, but needs a get. All right, so therefore, if you apply that to the case of Abishol, in the case of Abishol, right, you have a case where when the slaves are adults and the gear dies, they're no longer owned as property, and that's the case where they gain their own freedom. But when they're not adults and they're minors, and therefore they don't own, the, you know, the property issue is still present, they don't gain their own freedom. So, I don't even really, if that didn't make any sense, it's okay, because I didn't understand it either. Okay? <laughs> I really don't understand what the comparison here is to the Abba Shal case. And, uh, but somehow it's saying, since this is a teaching that is based on the idea that a star shikha, at least in some situations, when there is a master around exists in a status-only reality and not in a property reality, it ha- somehow that's going to tell us in the Abishol case that when you haven't yet addressed the property issues because they're minors, you cannot somehow change their personal status. You first have to address the property issues before you change their personal status, and since you can't do that in the case by minors, you're stuck. Okay, so that would have been the inference. So if that's the inference, it's not a good inference. So the Gemara says, there are okay, so my, and the Mar says, okay, let's say we did infer it from that way. No, I'm so, by the way, that's an interesting pair of phrases in the Gemara, right? It's like, it's like my chloa, then, and then you know it's going to say, v'imi chloa my, okay? So when the Gemara says, did you hear it explicitly or did you infer it? Then they say, one minute, where would we have inferred it from? And it gives the, sto- and it gives the explanation. And then it says, okay, and, and why does it bother you that we inferred it from it? And now you know it's like a, a setup to tell you, because here's why it would have been a bad inference, okay? So, v'imi chloa my, and if it was just inferred, and if it was just uh, inferred, what's the big deal? So the Gemara says, no, amalei, agaraba, dog minalirachi. No, because I could have inferred the opposite. Um, you can divorce your wife if she's an adult or a minor. So the case about the slave in the Abishol case could apply that the status could change whether he's an adult or a minor. Again, how we compare the case of, you know, we bring in the Abishol case, which is completely different circumstances, I don't really get. But anyway, we'll just go with it. So he said to him, no, I heard it explicitly. Okay, so therefore you don't have to worry. I heard explicitly that we rule like Abishol in this case of the gear who dies. Rabbi Chiyabar Abba, Rabbi Yochanan, we don't rule like Abishol. Okay, so that's a different version of what Rabbi Yochanan said. 
So Amalei Rebbe Zera. I'm sorry, no, no. The first one was Rebbe Yeshua ben Levi. This is a Rebbe Yochanan. So Amalei Rebbe Zera, Rebbe Chia Bar Abba. The Ferish Miyulach When you heard Rabbi Shal say, Rebbe Yochanan say, we don't rule like Rabbi Shal. That the slaves, the adults, and the minor slaves go free. Did you hear him say that explicitly, or did you hear, or did you infer it? So the Gemara says, you know what's coming up. Um, so the only clause, my Klala. Where would you infer it from? Damer Rebbe Yosho ben Levi. I'm going to say Rebbe. He says, "Asini ploni avdi." Mal exact same story. I'm going to him. Omani lotakanobishtar. You don't own him property. You still have to give him a star. Damer Rebbe Yochanan. Rebbe Yochanan explains. My time as a Rebbe. Where is that coming from? Gamer lala meisha. Meisha bishtar afedanami bishtar. So you see, there's a personal status issue that exists independent of the property. So this is a thing that was taught by Rebbe Yosho ben Levi and explained by Rebbe Yochanan. So for the first half of the Gemara, we use it to infer Rebbe Yosho ben Levi's position. Here we're going to use it to infer the exact opposite about Rebbe Yochanan's position. Because you could go either way with the get comparison. You could say the get comparison teaches you it's relevant to minors, because the get is relevant to minors. That's what we're going to say now. Or you could say the whole idea that there's only a property, the property issue has been dealt with. There's only a personal status issue left. That's true by the adults who take care of their per- property issue. But it's not true of the, of the minor slaves. Let's just get through this. So the Mar Okay, and you would infer from this comparison, Kiisha, just like a woman. My Isha ben Gedola ben Ketana, the same way you give a get to a woman, whether she's an adult or a minor. This case of Abashal could work whether it's an adult or a minor. Again, comparing the case of giving a get to a woman and the Abashal where they don't need it because they free themselves, I don't exactly get. But anyway, that would be the inference. Okay? That, that therefore it works whether it's an adult or a minor. And that would how we infer it. So, so what if we inferred it from that? No, Adraba. You could have inferred the opposite. The case by woman, there's only a status issue, not a property issue. Okay, and that's when you—that's what we're talking about. So, Evanami, by the case of the slaves, where the gear dies, they would only become free once the property issue had been addressed, when they took possession of themselves. But they wouldn't become free in the case of the miners. So, Amalei, so you said, no, the Shmili, I heard it explicitly. So, I got to tell you, I did my best, but I still don't understand at all how it's trying to learn out from this case about uh, you know about this about about free about uh, about about uh, about being mafkir your slave from a property and then you still need to give a star because there's a status issue. What that tells you about the question by Abishol when these slaves are left completely ownerless, right? With a guy who dies, do they just automatically become free, right? Or do they have to take possession of themselves? It seems bottom line the question is in that case where there is nobody to take possession of themselves. You see, we have I think been somewhat assuming, and maybe this will help frame it. We even somewhat assuming it works through the monetary issue. Like, first you get rid of the monetary issue, you don't own them as property, and maybe you can even do that independently, and then you give them a star and you free them in terms of their personal status issue, right? And then the question is, and maybe, you know, that, that can come as a package, that comes separate, first you do one, then you do the other, we see from the case by the woman that you can change a personal status even after this, without any property issue, and so on. But maybe it works the opposite way. This is a good question, right? How does a standard, we 
even breaking up the two halves. How does a standard star shikhar work? Maybe a star shikhar works the opposite way. Maybe fundamentally what a star shikhar is doing is it's like, I'm changing your personal status. You are, I'm making you into a free man. And then the idea of property ownership naturally falls away once you're fundamentally changing their personal status. So it could be that that's the debate about the case by the gayer that dies. If it's somehow working through, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the change of the property issue, so that doesn't work for the miners because they can't take possession of themselves as property. But if it's working about the cha- or through the change of personal status and you say, look, if there's no master around and nobody owns them, just by definition, they're free people, right? They don't have to take possession of themselves. If there's nobody who has that relationship with them as master, then they are by definition free. And if they're free, then, that, then, they're, then they're their own property as well. So that works by miners. They don't need to take possession of themselves because it can start directly through the personal status aspect. Right? So I think that's like thinking about it by the case of the divorce by the wife. She can take, you know, there can be the personal status issue whether she's an adult or a minor. So anyway, so although the comparison is not precise, this Gemara does give us very nice framings about what's going on here. By the case of get, the get only works as a personal status issue. By the way, that's very nice in terms of the whole issue of Kiddushin where we learn out that an Isha Niknes is acquired and this Gemara underscores the idea that a woman is not owned as property. It's only a personal status issue. So a get is, is a personal status issue and by a slave, right, how can, there's a status issue and a property issue. Can you divide those? If you got rid of the property issue, does, he, does the personal status issue go off automatically or does it remain? Does it require a get as well? That's the position of Rebbe. Shmuel says it automatically falls away and then you also have the similar application to the case by the Avadim uh, by the Ger who dies where the minors slaves can't take property ownership of themselves but how much maybe do they become free just because their personal status changes yes well no that's part of the questions that come up in Kiddushin whether it is meant as status or the simple meaning of it is property but the Gemara here underscores that that's, that a woman is not property Right, we raised that at the very first staff of the Gemara, where the question is: is if the husband isn't around, does based in stand in for the husband and claim that the get is a forgery because they have to protect him because he's being like uh, you know impacted by it? And the Ramban says no, we don't protect the husband's interest. He's not an he's not an interested party. The woman isn't his property. It's a, per- it's a question about the woman's personal status. Right. So that's exactly the so, question that's always been there. Yes. So so when again, and so when you using the language of mamona or property, you're talking about like Masa Yadea, for example, like her earnings? No. When the Gemara... No, no, no. It, 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 those that would say that... I, and I, and I, I'm going to leave the rest of this conversation for Kiddushin. But those that would say that a woman is considered the husband's property, and it's not just a status issue, um, it's not in terms of her earning. It's not the same as a slave, because a, slave, because a, 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 a husband is only entitled to his wife's uh, labor rabbinically. It would be sexual property. Uh, that's the concept, okay? That he has rights to her for, uh, for sex. He owns her as sexual property. Ebbet. Or for her children. Yes. Ebbet, it's, 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 it's well, but no, a, a Jewish slave is Masa Yadav, so the wife is it's Jewish, a free person, so it also wouldn't be a full ownership. But a non-Jewish slave, an Evet Kanani, it's full ownership. You own him at, he is, I, he is your property, like your car is your property. Yeah. He's, he's shadow, he's a human being, but he's also property. 
All right, so now the Gemara continues. Um, right, so that's the thing. Meaning that needs to be underscored that even when Halacha constantly talks about them as property, it never loses sight of the fact that they're also human beings, right? And therefore, what's really, you know, shocking is, yeah, is that uh, the Torah basically says that you could wind up uh, being uh, executed for if you, if you uh, beat your slave and he dies, you know, within 24 hours and so on. So that was like, you know, unheard of. Like, I can't imagine anyone in the South that anybody who beat their slave to death would be uh, put in, would be tried and you know whatever they they're your property you can do with them what that you want so the fact you know that the Torah actually would could uh, could you know would do that is is uh, shocking you know for that type of a context so yes the Torah totally you know and halacha you know at the same time treating them as property recognizes them as human as human beings I don't know okay okay right right okay could he use a property some kind of monetary payment instead of being told the owner. No. He would actually yeah, yeah. So, although, anyway, racial slavery, I think, was of a different nature anyway than non-racial slavery. Anyway, moving on. Um, okay. Um, so the Gemara says, um, okay. Uh, that time, you see, this is why we don't get, we get behind because it's so interesting we have to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> so the Gemara says like this. Um, okay. Um, now, Amar Mark. So Rebbe says, So we're going to move away from the Abishol case, the comparison was a little strange, to get to this basic statement that we've been dealing with. This fascinating case of, he's no longer owned his property, and Rebbe says he still needs a star to change his status. Zatanya, but we talked about Rebbe Omer, Omer, We remember that case before when a guy was Makdish, his slaves to the base of Mikdash, and Rebbe says the, uh, he can pay for himself, the slave can buy himself from the Gizbarim, and then he would go free. So what happened to the star there? Okay, why did that work? I thought you said he needs a star, so the owner doesn't own him anymore, but what about the star? So the mother says, Hachikamer, Obikesef, Obishtar. No, 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 one of the ways that a slave is freed is through Kesef. It's interesting, we've only been focusing on star, because we've been talking about you just renouncing your property ownership over it, okay? But, you know, the Gemara is going to learn, like from the Pasuk, Oh, Havaste Lo Nistasa, by Shifcha Knanis, Right, he has not been redeemed. That if somebody actually buys his freedom, I pay the master for the freedom of the slave, or the slave himself pays the master. The act of giving kesef is a formal act that actually frees. So you need a formal ritual. I will call it a ritual, but anyway, some type of a formal act. Okay, to do the act of freedom. It's not enough that he happens to be not owned by anyone. So if I just master him, there was no act of redeeming, so he still needs a star. But if he actually buys his freedom from me, that's an act of redeeming, and then he goes free without a star. That is an act also that changes his status. By the way, the, that question about how does a slave become free, is it through the renouncing of ownership or through addressing his personal status, that could depend whether you do it by star or by kesef. If you do a star, it focuses on changing his status, and the property thing falls falls away automatically. If he redeems himself, you focus on the act of, you know, of, of releasing him as property, and then the status follows. But that still would be different than Mafkir, because still there needs to be a formal, defined act that does it, not just the reality that he is no longer owned. Okay? And he has monetary holdings. 
Uh, he can. He, I mean, if you can give a slave money that is uh, on the condition his master doesn't own it. Normally, redeeming would come through a third party, but that could be. Exactly. Actually, in ancient Rome, you know, some slaves were like, you know, were like, were very wealthy. They were giving, and you know, there were slaves that owned slaves. Um, so, <laughs> all right. Anyway, um, it was very different, like things in the South. Okay. Anyway, so it sounds like this. Uh, okay, so my says like this. Um, okay, okay, got more. Overcast of Oberstar. So the Lord says, um, the high, the high, costly. But in Rebbe's case, there were, you could no longer do the act of redeeming because you no longer, because there was no longer any monetary ownership. Remember, the case was I was masking my slave, and the only thing left to do is now give him a star. Okay, because we've now made it not possible to do the act of redeeming because there's no longer any property ownership left. Okay, a normal slave that's owned, you have two paths to make him free, star or kesef, but a slave that I masked here that was not an act of redeeming, and the only now path left, because redeeming doesn't make sense if I don't own him as property, the only act left is the act of giving a star. Okay, v'hai pakalei kaspei, lo afukin nai tana, to exclude the position of this other tana, the time is on the b'risa, lef shimon omer mishum mebi akiva, yocho ye kesef gomer ba, k'derch shtar gomer ba, so here's a statement that kesef does not work to free a slave. The question is, maybe kesef should work the same way a star works to free a slave. This is the story about the, um, um, the what do you call it, about the, um, uh, about the uh, that she has not been redeemed. Okay? And then it says, or her freedom has not been given to him. So the drasha is, Okay, the whole thing is sort of, you know, is, is, is reduced to the end of the Pasuk that says that she has not been freed. So although it talks about her being redeemed, it ends by her freedom hasn't been given to her, and therefore as he's reading the Pasuk, not to say these are two paths, redeeming or some act of manumission. No, even if it's redeemed, ultimately it requires a it requires a star to change her status. Okay, star gomer the only thing that changes a slave status is a star, not kesef. So, very interesting question about how do, does a slave, what's the act of freeing a slave? And again, the question might be seen, kesef might be talking about it's possible to work if you do the right formal act through the property dimension as well. Okay, now the Gemara says like this. Um, we rule like Rebbe Shimon. And I'm trying to remember even which Rebbe Shimon it was. It's been so long. Uh, what's the Rebbe Shimon? Uh, um, oh my God, I forgot. What's the Rebbe Shimon? Somebody help me. Where's Rebbe Shimon? Uh, none of your Englishes are reminding you where the Rebbe Shimon is? I'm sorry, I, pre- I prepared this. Oh, it's right here. No, no, no. No, wait a minute. Prepared this two days ago. That's the problem about being behind. Um, is it right here? Am I missing a Rebbe Shimon right here? There's one about the hair being cut. Do you want that? Is that it? There's a 39 and a 39A. And the Tanakam and Rabbi Shimon. Oh, wait, wait. Is this, this the point right here? One minute. 
Oh, I'm sorry, I'm being so stupid. It's Rabbi Shimon in the name of Rabbi Akiva. You see that? Yeah. I focus on Rabbi Akiva. Like when Rabbi Akiva's in the room, I lose sight of everybody else. <laughs> anyway, I apologize. Okay, it was yeah, what? Well, we call Rabbi Akiva. I know, I know. Anyway, but it's claiming this as Rabbi Shimon, even though what he's saying in the name of Rabbi Akiva. I'm sorry. Okay, so do we rule like this? So that's exactly our question. Sorry. Uh, is, um, do you say that the a slave can be freed through Kesef? Or, or only through star, or even through Kesef. So, Rabbi Shimon, what we're calling Rabbi Shimon, says only by star. Okay, so let's take a look. So, Amarami Rabbi Rav Nachman, Halach Rabbi Shimon, we rule like Rabbi Shimon, it's only by star, not by Kesef. Rabbi Yosef Rahamar Rav Yochanan, ain't Halach Rabbi Shimon. No, it should also be by Kesef. Achim Rav Nachman, Rav Yitzchak Levava, Bar Shilta, the Havika Ayapit Chedbeit Fila. So, he was standing, so he saw him standing by the door of the of a house of prayer, in Jesus called the Beit Fila, supposed to be the Knesset. Anyway, Amalei, and he said to him, Halacha ain't halacha. Do we rule like Rib Shimon or not? I'm like, Ani, Ani Omer ain't halacha. I say we don't rule like him. That Kesef also works. For Abonan, the Asim in Mechuzah, but the rabbis who are visiting from Mechuzah, Amri, Amr Abzeira, they say in the name of Rabzeira, Mishum Derev Nachman, halacha. That we rule like Rib Shimon, that it's only Star, not Kesef. I'm sorry, I, I, I skipped up a line. Dazim Mechuzah, Ami, they say, Amr Abzeira, Mishmei Derev Nachman. No, I, did I skip a line? No. Okay, halacha. Yeah, I said it right. We do rule like it. We do rule like it. Kesef, Kesef does not work. We rule like Rib Shimon, only Star. Then when I came to Sura, I found Rabbi Chia Bar Avin. Tell me the exact event, what occurred that you came to this conclusion about that we rule that it's only Star and not Kesef. So Amrali, that that was the conclusion you came to, that we rule like Rabbi Shimon and it's only Star and not Kesef. So Amrali, he said to me, Amrali, there was a maid, a slave woman, her master was on his deathbed. She came and cried in front of him. She said to him, How long will I be enslaved? I've been your slave for 70 years. You're about to die. Like, how long do you expect me to be your slave for? So basically, can you like free me on, on your deathbed here at least? So Shagel Kumse, he took his like hat, Shagabani threw it to her. And Amalaz, Zio, Kni, go, take this, Kni, ha, take this hat, the Kni Nafshecha, and, and, and acquire your own freedom. Okay? So it's very nice. But what type of act of freeing a slave is that? Okay? Also, the Kamid Rav Nachman, they came to Rav Nachman, Amalaz, loss of a low clum. He didn't do anything. He didn't free her. Oh, you got to feel for the slave woman. Anyway, so poignant. <laughs> anyway, so from there we inferred that Rav Nachman said that Kesef doesn't work to free a slave. There's a little bit of a problem, though. That doesn't show you that Kesef doesn't work to free a slave. When we say Kesef works, who's giving the money to who? The slave is giving it to the master. So, man, the chazah savar mishum dalach reb shimon. We were like shimon, that Kesef doesn't work. So, lawi, if that's not the reason, el mishum dabi love Caleb shamakna. Because it's the one that is, like, if you think about a Chalipin example, it's interesting as we're shifting to Chalipin language, but in a Chalipin language, I, I'm the cone, I'm trying to buy your field, I give you the handkerchief, and I get your field. It's sort of like a quasi test. Yeah. Okay, but that's called Caleb Shalkona. If you give me the handkerchief, and you're selling me the field, that doesn't work. So it's the same thing here. Right? It has to be an exchange. You, the one who's getting the free, the other side gives the money to the master. And here was the master who was giving the money to the woman and therefore it's not going to work okay alright so we still don't know whether Kesef works as a way of freeing a slave well, um, it seems like it should work though because he, yeah. I mean he's giving her something uh, that's of value to her yeah so where do we see though I mean, he may not be receiving anything right right but 
If we conceptualize that there's two things, a writ, like a get that focuses on status, or an act of redeeming the slave. How is him giving her money an act of redeeming the slave? If we say, I can be Kona your field when I give you Kesef, does that mean that when you give me Kesef, I can be Kona your field? <laughs> I know. How okay. does it work when a woman is, through the rabbi, when a woman directly is, is Makna, the, the chovot of the ketubah to the, to the husband and the chovot, right? Why is she what? Makna? No, no, no. She's not Makna. It's he. The, when the ketubah, the husband takes the handkerchief yeah. and, the, and the husband obligates himself to the woman. The rabbi stands in for the woman there. Right, so but the woman is being like, no, she's not obligating herself. The ksuva spells out the husband's I obligation. That's because it's about obligation, not about the redemption, not about redeeming something. Well, either way, the side that it's an exchange. You have to think about these things as an exchange. Right. So if you're the one taking the handkerchief or you're the one taking the money, it means that you're the one giving something in exchange. So you're giving your your, your financial obligations. You're giving the faith of freedom. You're giving Right. So okay. So the Mordechai says like this. Amar Rav Shmuel Bar Achisei. Amar Rav. So so Amar Rav Amnuna. Saba. Amar Rav Yitzbar Ashiyin. Amar Rav Huna. Amar Rav Amnuna. Wow, that's a long tradition. Halachik Rabbi Shimon. We rule like Rabbi Shimon. Long tradition that it's only Shtar not Kesef. Halachi ain't Halachik Rabbi Shimon. Okay. So that's the last word that the Gemara has on that. All right. Amar Rav Zera. Amar Rav Chanina. So that means actually, you know, I like that not because it's relevant, but because I just like keeping the two models alive, right? It's like why I don't want to poskin like Shmuel. Shmuel says you free your, your master, your slave. He doesn't need a star shechor. Well, that doesn't allow for interesting exploring of a middle status, right? So anyway, so we're saying there are these two approaches, star or kesef. Now another tradition. Now it's actually going to be uh, actually a little different and a little fun. Uh, I think this was fun. Anyway, if a slave marries a free woman in the presence of his master, they do a ho chupa or whatever, and the master doesn't say anything, yatsa l'cheirus, he goes free. Now what's happening here, although it uses the phrase yatsa l'cheirus, um, everybody says, I don't know if there's somebody who reads the Gemara differently, but pretty much the, the whole consensus is, is that obviously this is not an act of freeing a slave. Where's the star? Where's the kesef? What it means is it's evidence that the slave has already been freed and we take that as evidence the master would never allow his slave to marry a free woman right if the slave was still a slave so he wouldn't so therefore the fact that he's doing it and not saying it it's being done in front of him he's not saying anything shows that he's already freed his slave that's what Rashi, that's uh, right that's what Rashi says you have this teaching in your hand and I have a teaching that challenges it if somebody writes a document document to his mate to his female slave that he's marrying his female slave Harayat Nikudeshatli and he, he he's trying to marry his female slave okay why well, you can't do that right she's not a free woman so and so maybe that should be proof that you actually have freed her so and nevertheless it's a debate women it's a debate between whether it works okay but according to you it should, we should, it, she should definitely be Mikudeshas she should be proof that he's already freed her so the Gemara says no, no, no. We're going to talk later about a slave putting on tefillin and ask, does that really prove anything? And we're going to say, no, it proves it if the master is directly involved. If he's putting tefillin on the slave, he's wrapping it around the slave's arm, that shows, because slaves wouldn't wear tefillin, that shows that he must have freed him. Okay? But the, so when we talk about things demonstrating that you must have freed the, your slave, it's when you're actively involved in the process. So the same way we're going to say that here, we'll say that we'll reinterpret our case about the slave getting married and the master being present. So 
We're talking not that just the slave married a woman, but the master was directly involved. He made the shidduch, he arranged for the chuppah, and so on. So fine, that limits that case of when we assume he's freed, but it doesn't deal with the problem about when the master is directly trying to marry his female slave, he's directly involved there. Why doesn't that prove that he's freed her? Okay, so the Gemara says, the EU, so the Gemara says like this, one minute. So when we say, if he married his slave to a free woman, then it shows he freed her because he never would have his slave, you know, be involved in this transgression of a slave and a free woman. The EU but same thing, when he is trying to marry a slave, why don't we also say, he wouldn't do a transgression himself? Let's use that as evidence that the, that the slave woman is free. That you haven't answered the question. Why, when he himself was trying to marry this slave woman, isn't it evidence that he freed her? So the Gemara says, Here, what are we talking about? It's clear in the context of how he's trying to marry this slave woman that she is still, that he has, he has not yet freed her. What he says to her is, here is your star kiddushin, okay, and with this star kiddushin, you should also, this should also serve as a star shechlor. You guys with me? So, he's saying, it's clear, if he just said, took a ring and said to a slave woman, we say, oh, he must have freed her before. He never would have done that. And we take that as evidence that he freed her. But if he goes ahead and writes on a star, and when he gives her the star, he says, through this star, I, you will be married to me and you will be freed. I'm going to make this, this is also a star, a star, a star shikhor. It's a star erosin and a star shikhor. Can it count as both? Okay. Now you would think it would have to have the, well, whatever, they come at the same time, but you would think it has to have the language how could I write Mekudeshetli? Where's the language of Shekhar? He might want it to function as such, but it's not written as such. So that's going to be the debate. Okay? Rabbi Meir Savar, implies that you're being freed. Now, and why does it imply you're being freed? You could say it two ways. Number one, the Gemara before, Am Kadosh Kamar. So Mekudeshet might have, you know, that, that suggestion of that idea. Um, but more to the point, because it's implicit. You can't be married to me unless you're freed. And since I'm saying that you're going to be married to me so it's like the document is saying that I'm freeing you but it only works because it's a document it's a star shikhor if I gave the ring and said and you're at the same time it wouldn't work because it's not a star and it's not kesef the kesef is going in the wrong direction but because it's written and Rebbe Meir says that suggests that she's freed it would only be possible if she's freed it's like the star is saying I am freeing you one minute no that's not it's not explicit enough so that's like a love fascinating debate right does that count as a star shikhar at the same time but that's not relevant for our issues in that case it was clear by the context that she was still a slave we're talking about using something as evidence about what happened in the past and we're saying this so the master is directly involved in doing something that it's prohibited for a slave to do or that a slave normally wouldn't do by society it would be, it would be an, an, un, you know non-acceptable for a slave to do like the tefillin case which we're going to get to and he's directly involved that will serve as evidence that he did free the slave in the past. Yes, Charlie. That first chain, Rabbi Zira, Rabbi Fanina, Rabashi, Rabbi. Yes. Rabashi doesn't belong there. He's much later than the rest of them. Uh, I don't know what to tell you about that. There, maybe there are two Rabashis. I don't know what to say. Okay, yes. <laughs>
I just want to point out that the entire conceptual framework from the earlier sugyas of the famous of Achlala yeah. is now in the Oh, that's a nice point. Right, the whole thing about... <laughs> the whole, oh, that's brilliant. You mean, both in terms of... Oh, that's really nice. You mean, both in terms of the language of Arayat Mekudeshet, it's like Michlala that I'm freeing you, exactly. and the acts of marrying the slave, putting filling on the slave, exactly. is the case about Michlala. Can we infer about what yeah. something... Oh, that's real. Yeah, that is very, very nice. Ashkayach. Okay, so now it goes like this. Um, okay. Um, okay, I'm going to be a Shabbat Levi. Now we get to the thing about the tefillin that we referred to before. If a master puts on tefillin, first we start within the presence of the master, he goes free. Because we assume that he's been freed. If the master borrowed money from his slave... Or maybe he made him a uh, like a, uh, uh, a guardian, sort of like a Yosef situation. Um, oh, or he put on tefillin in the presence of his master. Oh, he got an aliyah in Shul. That's what it means, right? Call, get called up and get an aliyah. Okay, all those are things that either by more by society than by halacha would would not happen with a slave. And nevertheless, the the Brisa teaches. It's not sufficient evidence. And one of those things is trillin. So how can you say the trillin is sufficient evidence? What's the resolution? So No, 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 no. You're right. Those things are just that the master is present, and then it's not sufficient evidence. But when the master is actively involved, right, that would be different. So if the master actually said to the Gabbai, I want you to give him an aliyah, and here's his name, <laughs> that might be different than Bishnei Rabbo. Now, borrowing money and making him not be trumpist, right, that the master is directly involved, but that's maybe more a sort of like a playing a certain like, like type of a role in, you know, in, uh, uh, in business might be different than a social status that emerges from being involved in like you know the, the ritual mitzvot of Tfilin and Beit Knesset and so on that would more be something that you would not you know that really would show evidence of this person's sort of you know participation in, you know as a free uh, you know as a free person at that certain type of societal level whereas the issue of the business and the lava and the apotropis less so so so, th- so so but if he's involved in those areas about the Tfilin or whatever then that is evidence. Now, Tosos makes an interesting point, because remember, the reason before by the married, the Gemara says, because he wouldn't be involved in having the slave do an Isser. So, Tosos by the Tfilin says, The problem is not that there's an Isser being done, that it's a Brachle because slaves are exempt from Tfilin. And it's okay if you're exempt from a Mitzvah to make a Brachle, like women make a Brachle, which is the Ashkenazi approach. Okay, so it's just because societally that's not acceptable, but not because there's any halacha that's in the way, right? And by the way, one can't help thinking about the issue that's going on here, about the sense about societal status associated with these types of ritual communal mitzvot, or not all communal, but the tzirin and the aliyot and so on, you know, and how that sort of has something to do with the contemporary issues that are going on around, you know, about women's role in those types of areas 
as well. So now the Gemara continues. Um, you see, I snuck that in. So now the Gemara continues uh, the following way. Um, um, okay. I'm a Rabbi We just said that. So now we're done with those sort of events that demonstrate that he's free. And now we're getting back to way, it's ways in which he becomes free. So somebody said as he was dying, the, this woman, my, my slave woman, my, my heirs should not, should not enslave her after I die. So you force these heirs to write her a star shikhr because he basically thinks that that's maybe like a type of a lusham that he's mafia her. He no longer owns her, but she still needs a star. That was that question before. You're mafia your slave, but no needs a star. He's dead. He can't write the star. The heirs write the star. Now, you might remember before there was a question. If the heirs don't own her, are they in a position to write the star? But anyway, that's what he's understanding. She's not enslaved anymore, but she needs a star. The heirs write the star. Kofin is your shame because we'll get shikhra. Amuli Fanav, they said to him, Rebbe, Rebbe Ami, Rebbe Asi, they said, Rebbe Ami, Rebbe Asi, said to him, Rebbe, one minute, why should they free her? She'll still, I mean, even if they're not allowed to work her, but she's still a slave, and she'll, they'll be able to work the kids that she has. The kids that we have will be slaves, so why should they be freeing her? Meaning they understood when they said, when the, when the, when the owner said, don't work her, don't enslave her. He didn't say, I'm renouncing ownership over her. He's saying, like, let her sit and watch TV. You know, don't make her work for you. Right. She's worked hard enough. Right. I'm not changing her status. She's still a slave, but she should be entitled to, uh, you know, to relax and not to be made, and not to be made to work. Okay, fine. So why should we free her? She's not going, well, why are you keeping her a slave? If she's not working, oh, keeping her a slave because any babysitter she has, any kids that she has, those will be slaves and those will be able to enslave and to work. So why should we be freeing her? Okay? So how do you admit that by now, Vadim? So, so therefore, it was a question about whether that language, Ayishtabdu, meant he was renouncing ownership or was he just telling them not to work her? Okay, so he also, so he also wrote Shmuel Bar Yehuda, and when Shmuel Bar Yehuda came, he said the name of Yochanan, Mishama B'Shas Mitato, it's a different version, not Al Yishtabdu, but here's what he said, this, this made, this slave woman, she, you know, she was a, she, 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 she did very nice by me during my life, so, you should do to her what, what she, what you should do for her what she wants. So therefore, you force the, the heirs to free her. Not because he now renounced ownership, but if you want to do to her whatever, she, do for her whatever she wants, means free her. So he gave a deathbed bequest, not, not bequest, a deathbed, uh, uh, di- request, directive, right, that, her, that this slave be freed. So it's not like the other case. The other case was a question, was he renouncing ownership or not renouncing ownership? How to interpret it? Was about, okay. Here he's clear, say, do whatever, whatever she wants. So that is a deathbed bed request that she, they, that she be freed. Okay? So, that's what the Gemara is going to say. So, my timer, why do we force the heirs to do it? It's a mitzvah to do what the, what the person said if he said it on his deathbed. Now, there's a question under what parameters do we say that? Right? What, con- what constitutes that, we can, that, that the heirs have to do? And why do you force the heirs to do a mitzvah? That's not like it's legally binding. So, that raises a lot of interesting questions. But that's different than Divei Shchiv Merah. Divei Shchiv is a bequest a deathbed B 
bequest, which actually is binding automatically, and the ownership transfers as soon as the guy dies. Okay, and that actually has the force of an act of transfer of property. Here, he's telling them, here's what I want you to do, like David Melech, you know, before he dies. He's got to take care of this guy, he's got to take care of that guy, <laughs> here's what I want you to do. So that's Mitzvah, that's Mitzvah Lekayim Divri HaMez, and the question then becomes, when does Basin force the heirs to carry that out? And here they are. All right? Amar Meimar, said a Meimar. We're back to this. If you renounce ownership of the slave, he's stuck. Before we said we had three possibilities. What happens if you renounce ownership of the slave? Shmuel says he goes free automatically. The status follows the ownership. The second opinion, well, I forgot what, but the major opinion that we've been dealing with is the personal status issue is left. You still have to give him a shashikra and to change his personal status. But you're still in a position to do so because you still have that master-slave relationship with him even though you don't no, no longer own him as property. Third possibility is he needs a star shikra to change his personal status, but nobody is left, nobody is left to do it. Because since you don't no longer own him as property, that's what you're saying, David, you're no longer his master. You can't give him the star shikra. So this slave is really stuck. <coughs> You're not really stuck. At least he can work for himself and keep his own labor, but he's never going to become a free person because nobody is alive, nobody exists anymore that's in a position to change his personal status. Okay? There's no way he can fix his, his status issue. So the Gemara says, My time, why is that? Because when he renounced ownership over the slave, he didn't give the slave uh, uh, um, he, I'm sorry let me say that the owner no longer owns the slave's body as property all that's left is this is the Lord Isura is the Gemara's language for what I've been calling personal status okay the Isur stat, the is Isurim that, are, uh, that apply to a slave as, as opposed to a free man or whatever meaning the personal status is the issue that remains by the slave and the owner is no longer in a position to give him his personal status to change his personal status because he no longer owns him. Okay, so that's the worst of, of, of all the words. He needs it and he can't get it. He gave up the property and then but the status he's stuck. He's stuck and he's no longer in a position to change the status. Only Ravashi Lameimar. So Ravashi said to Ramaimar, the Hamar Ulam Rab Yochanan, Rabhia, Baavinamar of Amarab, but don't we have to these traditions? That's what we taught two days ago. Okay? That when you renounce the ownership of it, you are uh, you uh, you know he is no longer owned by you, but he still needs a get shechor, and presumably can get a get shechor from you, from the master. You're still in a position to give him get shechor. He says, "No, you misunderstood their teachings." What they were saying was, he needs a star shechor, and he ain't gonna get it. <laughs> so we thought that you need a star shechor means you gotta finish it by giving you star shechor. But the reason, what I'm saying, they meant is he's in a position that he is not gonna change his status until he gets a star shechor, and that isn't ever gonna happen. Okay, so that's the worst of both worlds. <laughs> If the owner's intent is so clear because he was... You know, the path to hell is paved with good intent. No, I'm no, serious. No, 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 no. You need to do the right act. I'm trying, I've been trying all this time to sell you my field. Okay? It doesn't matter. You didn't do the legally binding act. But might it not have been the case that Bacon could then complete that? Possibly, but what are you going to do? I mean, we have to let the rule of law. And so every time somebody comes and says, you know, it was clear what I was trying to do, Okay, in your case, we'll say it'll be binding. What are we going to do? I mean, you know, you need. I don't understand. In court all the time. 
I don't know, but not in halacha, okay? We're not going to go case by case and say, you, you can't live in a world in which you don't know the rules of the game, that anybody could just petition the court and get them to say, well, okay, in your case it'll work. Uh, that's, anyway, so we're not going to do that. Um, so Merz says like this, um, uh, where were we? Okay. Some say, Amar Meimer, also that Amar said, you, you can't, he's stuck. Um, I'm sorry, no, not that you're mafkim and you're alive. You're mafkim and you're alive, that's what we've been assuming until now, you can still fix it. You still have a master relationship to him, even though you don't own him, and you can still give him a star shechor. That's what we've been assuming. Okay, but the one case where he really is stuck is the guy is mafkim and dies. Then nobody is a master has that relationship with his slave, right? The, the, the heirs don't because they didn't inherit him as property. The only person who had that relationship is now dead. Okay, Amavyavdo Mace also evident Lotakana. My timer, Gufe Lokanile, at the when he was when he freed this when he when he renounced ownership, he did not give the slave his uh, um um uh Lo, he did not give the slave his own um I'm sorry, I think I misread that before also. Gruve Lokani, they... Right, okay, this is what it means. He no longer owns the slave's body. He no longer owns the slave's property. The only thing that, was, that remained was, was the status issue. Now, if he was alive, he was still in the position to change the status. But he doesn't transfer that status to the children. Right? So, if the children don't own the slave's property, they never become the slave's master. And the one person who was the slave master and who could have retained that title and status after he no longer owned him, that guy is dead. So now the slave is stuck. Okay. But what about the story of That was a story earlier when the guy said, oh, my slave woman, don't be mishabed her. And then he died. Okay? So what did we think? So we thought... What do we, remember that case we just had a few minutes ago we thought that it meant that he was being mafia her and then it ended by saying we forced the heirs mm-hmm. to uh, redeem her so that's the case of mafia abda umais where we swear that stick, they, where that was the halacha was we would force the heirs to redeem her so that's against you so uh, so he says so he, so he said back no one minute but that was don't you remember that that whole sock was a mistake because the pushback that they gave right they said well what about the baby Babies, and he, he actually said he didn't really f- renounce ownership. He really just said, "Don't don't make her work." So the merchant says, "Fine, I'm only my two. So why was it a mistake? So I'm not blessing Shechur. The principle wasn't at stake. What was it, wasn't the issue? The question was, what did the guy say? The pushback was he didn't say I'm renouncing ownership. He just said, "Don't make her work." Right? Remember that whole exchange? Yeah. So, and they were they said, "Okay, fine. She's a slave, and she'll still produce babies." But nobody was challenging the principle. If he had said explicitly, "I'm renouncing." ownership, everybody would have been happy. He would have died and the, and the, and the heirs would have freed her. So that tells you that the heirs can free a person, a slave, even after the owner has renounced ownership. He said the right language, and he said I'm renouncing ownership. Nobody would have debated the principle that the guy renounced ownership, he died, and the heirs could free. So, so you see that there is that position out there that the heirs can just do the status issue. I will make Shmuel Bar Yehuda who says that the heirs are who, who had a different version of Rabbi 
Yochanan's teaching. That version of Rabbi Yochanan's teaching was uh, was Al Yistabduba. But the other version of Rabbi Yochanan's teaching was Koras Ruach Astali. Right? Remember that we had those two cases back to back. So the Koras Ruach Astali, when he was commanding them to free her, it was Mitzvah Kaim Divermeis. So that says nothing about this case. So, so your evidence was a version of Rabbi Yochanan about don't make her work. I had a different version of that whole psak of that, that <coughs> teaching of Rabbi Yochanan. Okay, so now we have a debate about whether Mafke Avdo Meis, whether the heirs are enough are enough in a position to do the status issue. The facts of the case under consideration is Mafkir, and then before he then continues and says Meshuchra, he drops it. Well, not said before he gives the star. Right. Hahud right. There was a certain uh, city of slaves, maybe a district. I don't know. That's probably a, a, a Latin word. You can tell me what Steinfeld says. Uh, from the Greek. Middle Persian, I'm angry. Yeah, yeah. Thus, Tagir meeting an inherited plot of land. Oh, plot of land. Okay. He translates it. Uh, okay. Fine. A certain city, a certain region of slaves, that they were all sold to non-Jews. Um, um, now, the, um, the, the, the second owners, the non-Jews, they all died. Um, who bought these slaves. I think you're not allowed to sell. You're not allowed, and that's exactly true. And if you sell your slave to a non-Jew, you have an obligation to free your slave. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what's going to happen here. Yeah. So now, the non-Jews, the owners are, those owners aren't around. The masters now have a, a, a religious obligation, a legal obligation to free the slaves. They're not free automatically. They have to give, give, they have to give them a star shechur. But there's going to be a little bit of a problem. Also, we're coming to Ravina. They, the slaves came to Ravina. Amalahu, now the slaves, the, the, the original masters had already died. But who was alive were the children of those original masters. Go to those children. And they'll write a star shechur. So you understand, though, this is essentially a case about Maskir Avdo Vames. As soon as they sold their slaves to the non-Jews, they renounced property ownership. But they still had the obligation to write a star shechur. And then they died. And now he's saying, go to the sons, they'll write it. So he's basically saying, Maskir Avdo Mes, you can be co-safe star shechur. Amulei Rabbanah, the Ravina, so the Rabbi said, Ravina, Vamar, Amemar, Maskir Avdo Mes, also everything will talk that that's you have no that that you're stuck in that case. I'm a little I'm a fairly. I hold like the Rev Dini story where he said like Al Yishtab Duba, and that shows that the, and that the heirs would have would free the slaves. So Amrulay they said to him Rav Dimi to Usahi. What do you mean that case was a mistake? Because they said that he wasn't really freeing her. He was just saying don't make her work. So Amrulay my to Usa. Why was it a mistake? The Amr Blushin Shikhur. The principle wasn't at stake. They were just saying he didn't say he was really he was he was renouncing ownership. He just said he didn't. He just said, don't make her work. He actually said that he was renouncing ownership. Um, Nobody is debating the principle that he would have renounced ownership. He would have died and the heirs would have freed her. So we actually pass in Mafia of that we actually say that the heirs can be Meshachver. And what's the halacha? The Hilchusa Kiravina, and we rule like Ravina, okay? So therefore we rule Mafka Avdo Vames, the slave is not stuck, the heirs are in a position to free the slave, that they actually also get that status, uh, you know, the, the ability to affect the status. Okay, let's see if we can turn the page before the end of the daf. So we'll remain just a half of the uh, daf behind. Who Avda the bait trade? There was a slave owned by two people. Kam One of them got up and freed, freed, released his half, gave him a star shikhar. So this is, of course, the, the, the how you get the scenario of chasi ev chasi ben chorin. All right. Amr idach. The other said hafter shmiya bi rabbanu nemafsedi liminai. So the other one said, one minute, because we're about to learn in a mishnah. One of the tikkun olams is that when a slave is in that position, he's in the worst of both worlds. 
He can't marry a free woman because he's half slave. He can't marry a slave woman because he's half free. So he's never going to be able to have kids. He's never going to be able to get married. So the rabbi said what you have to do is you have to force the master, the remaining master, to free the slave. Now the remaining master knew this. And he didn't want to give up his half ownership of the slave. So guess what he did? So, so he said, Azil akne libno katan. So he wasn't any transferred ownership to his minor son. So, <laughs> so therefore, they won't be able to force my minor son, right? They're not going to force a minor. So ah, now it's protected, at least as long as the son remains a minor. Okay. Can hold property? Yeah, so they can. Certainly, and you could also transfer it through a third party. There are times, there are some times that they can actually take possession themselves, but I can also transfer it through a third party can take possession for them, okay, on their behalf. So now the minor owns him, but the rabbis will, won't force him to do anything. So, so he sent this case, right, Rav Yosef sent this case to Rav Papa, what are we going to do about this case? So, and actually it's not just one case, like if we allow this loophole, everybody else is going to figure out this loophole too. So he sent back to him, okay, you got to do back to him what he did to what he did. He's trying to trick the situation to trick, you know, the system. We're not going to let him trick the system. We're going to we're going to we're going to trick him back. So what are we going to do? So Anan Kimon Bianuka de Makarva Daite We know kids like if they see money, right, they they can be easily seduced by like I'll buy you a nice toy or whatever. Okay, anyway, so it's like anyway, so Mukminum Le Apitropis, we assign a uh, a guardian, okay? Um now we'll discuss in a minute what the guardian does. And we uh, we jingle some money in front of the kid. Okay, the cost of law or the slave jingles some money in front of the kid. And then he writes a shkar shikhur. Now, who is the one who is writing the shkar shikhur? So, what? What's the, and what's the role of the apotropis? Right, so Rashi says, um, one minute, uh, one minute. Uh, protecting, to protect the child. Right, 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 hold on, I just want to remind myself of the debate of Rashi and Tessels, one minute. Right, so Rashi says that the that the that the child writes a star shikhrur, and that a child actually, if he's of an of an old enough age, can be in, involved in these types of transactions. Tosfos disagrees. Tosfos says that a minor is not in a position. If you look at Tosfos, he says Pirsha um, Kuntris, second line of Tosfos, the Mefarsh Hashmei de Katan Sheimas de Katan Klum Lativ Vaskorin Kamo Katan. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Let's start from the beginning. Loni here with Rabbeinu Shmuel Pirish Hakuntris. Rabbeinu Shmuel doesn't agree with Rashi's read of this Gemara because Rashi explains from the first layout made the cotton that the get is written. The miner is the one who gives the get. Sheima has the cotton. Chulim latir vascharin kamogadol. Shekana yivinta minatora dein. Kamogadol shekana yivinta minatora dein. And no thing get actually ideal. If a get is personal status issue, even if a miner has the ability to engage in some degrees of transaction, he does not. You need to be an adult to affect somebody's personal status. Right? And therefore, he says, the minor cannot write the star. Who writes the star? The Apotropos writes the star. So, Tosa says, the Apotropos is assigned to be the one to write the star once he's a guardian of the minor. Okay? But you could say it's not in the best interest of the minor. But you know what? He's going to get paid. When you write the star secret to free the other half of the slave, the slave owes the half of the money. Um, and therefore, but we don't want the minor yelling and screaming and saying, this is against my will. This isn't in my best interest. So, in order to calm down the minor that he doesn't complain, we're going to keep some money, we'll give him a toy, we'll give him whatever, and he won't complain, and the apotropos is the one who's empowered to write it. And then Tosa has a whole question, is that a power the apotropos has? Is that an Iker Hadin, or is that only a type of a Hefker-based
in Hefker that we had to do in this case. But can the apotropos of a cotton, is he, is he, is he empowered as a principle of law to free a slave? Rashi says, um, but either way, because it says he's right, the apotropos is writing it and the cotton is the one who's being consult, is being like, sh- you know, tricked by the toy. Rashi actually says that no, you get the cotton to write it, a cotton's empowered to write a get, or is able to write a get shechur, and uh, what does the apotropos do? The apotropos makes sure that you assign a good value to the slave. Since the slave is going to have to pay back his value, the apotropos is assigned to make sure that we agree on a fair price. But it, so what you, it ends with is a fascinating debate of Rashi and Tosfos about whether a minor can write a star shechur, which, you know, gets to that whole status versus property issue. Yes? Is the rabbinic shmuel mentioned here in Tosafot, Rashi's grandson? Yeah, I believe that's the Rashbam. Okay, so if people have, under, you know, if people are willing yeah. to give me a few more minutes, yeah. uh, let's just get ca- ca- try to get caught up. Tanar Rabbanan, Haomer Siti Ploni Avdi Ben Chorim, Asui Ben Chorim, Harehu Ben Chorim, Harehu Ben Chorim. So if somebody says, and we're going to say in a minute, writes in the Shar Shikhfor, I have made, interesting, even though it's the language of the past, we're going to interpret it to mean through this I have made, my slave free, or he is becoming free, behold he is free, all of those are legitimate languages in a Shar Shikhfor, even though you would have thought that the language of past wouldn't have worked. I will make him free, Rebbe Omerkana, that means I will make him free through this star. Okay, no, that's just a promise. You're not actually freeing him now. Okay, and all of those are the language in a star. What you say with words doesn't matter, it's the language of the star. And let's con- also read the next case. This will go very fast. So the same way you a star to sell a food to free a slave, you have a star to transfer property. So if you write in the star, I have granted, again, even in the past, I have granted this field to this person. It's a gift. It is given to so-and-so. Or behold, this field is his. In all those cases, that works. I will give it to so-and-so. That works. You mean, I'll give it through this star. It doesn't work. And I'm Rabbi Yochan, the cool and the star. All of this is the language in the document. So you say, I made him free. And he says, you didn't make me free. So we don't trust the slave because he could have freed him without the slave being around. He could have given a star shikha to somebody else on behalf of the slave. Right? Because that's considered to be the slave's benefit. The slave doesn't have to assign a shaliach. So the slave might think he didn't free him, but he maybe really did. Now, let's say he says, let's say the claim is, Kastafti v'nasati lo, I gave him a star shechur, directly to the slave. Whom are custom leave alone awesomely? No custom leave alone awesomely? No, he didn't. So, hadas baldin kamei edim dami. We trust the, we, we say the admission of the, of the, of the person who is, like the litigant, his admission counts as a hundred witnesses. Now, whose admission? I, I'm the owner. I'm admitting that it's not my property. So, I'm hurting myself. You're the slave. You're admitting that you're not free. You're hurting yourself. Who's the hadas baldin? <laughs> you understand the question here? They're both hurting their own interests in a certain way. So, the, but but what the Gemara means is the slave is the one who is believed. Why? The way Tosis explains it is is because you can understand a scenario where I gave it to my slave, and my slave was not really agreeing to the process, was not really desiring to accept it, and was not really agreeing. So it looked like I was freeing him, but he wasn't, and therefore will believe the slave. But there's no scenario where I wrote the star and gave it, and I didn't really mean what I was doing. Okay? So therefore, um, because that's like a believable scenario, we actually, we actually believe the slave. And he's not free. 
Haomer Nasati said to Ploni to Ploni, Haomer Lonasanli, similar case. I gave it, and he says, You didn't. We assume he gave it to a third party. Okay, Kasavti Vinasati love, Haomer Lokasav Lonasanli. Let's say you say, I gave it directly to him. And he says, No, you didn't. I mean, the guy who is refusing the present, like the slave was refusing his own self as a present, you believe him. And the, and the gift is not binding. Now, Neochopeiros, who eats the fruit? Now, what do you mean who eats the fruit? We just said, we don't believe him. I mean, we, you know, we, don't, we believe that it wasn't a gift. So we'll see in a minute a case where we're not exactly sure what happened. In a case where we're not sure what happened, who benefits from the field until it gets, uh, you know, until it gets resolved? So Rezchizomer, no Neochopeiros. We don't believe that it happened. The gifter is the one who it's now his field, so he benefits from it. No, you have a third party, take care of them, and you know, you put it in escrow until the whole thing gets resolved. Now, why, when are we putting it in escrow? We said that we believe the receiver, he didn't receive it, it all belongs to the original owner. So the says, If the father says, I never accepted it, then we 100% believe the father, and it 100% is owned by the original owner, and the original owner gets the benefit. But if the son says, You never gave it to my father, but well, we're not so sure. Maybe the son doesn't really know. So in that case, we put it in a, we, you know, we, we, we have it held in escrow the benefits of the field until somehow they'll work something out to resolve it. Okay, there we 